Psalm 12, for the director of music, according to Sheminith, a psalm of David. Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deception in their hearts. May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Those who say, by our tongues we will prevail, our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked, who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. That's the word of the Lord. Words matter. What you say matters. When I look at the, the current climate, I can see that words matter. People are speaking all kinds of horrific things at each other. Some people are speaking hate speech. And we see the damage that does. Some people are speaking fake news, or some people are speaking disinformation. They are deliberately trying to misinform others. And I'm sure that everyone watching this sermon today has been hurt by the speech of another person. It's something of a, of a universal among people. Whenever there's people, you're going to have gossip, slander, Lying, flattery, whispering. And I think I don't need to tell you what it feels like to be on the receiving end of untrue and unkind words. Now David, our psalmist here, knows that words matter. He has been deeply wounded, like many of us. So he starts off verse 1 with, Help, Lord. That's his response. Help, Lord. He turns to the Lord because God is the only one who can help. Do you ever feel like that? Maybe you've been betrayed by your best friend. Who do you confide in then? Or maybe it's your spouse. The one person supposed to protect you and support you. But you've been hurt by their words. So who do you confide in then? You turn to the Lord. That's what David does here. Let's move on. Keep looking at verses 1 and 2. For no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips but they harbor deception in their hearts. Now here you can see this is the problem. There's nobody faithful anymore. Everyone is lying. People are flattering, but they have a double face. They have a double heart. It's a problem back then for David. It's still a problem for us today. 
You know, the other day, I was watching an interview with a politician, and he was asked a very simple question, yes or no question, five times in this 20-minute interview. And every single time, he did not say either yes or no. That's a, it's a funny way to answer a yes or no question. But that's the bar we set for ourselves as a society. That's our culture. That's the best we can do. That's the, the, the cream of the cream in Canada. That's our current level where somebody can look you in the eye and lie right to your face and feel no shame because that is what our culture says is acceptable. Where yes or no questions can be answered by smoke and mirrors and then the news cycle moves on and that's yesterday's business. Nobody cares anymore. Where disinformation comes at such a rapid rate that by the time you've corrected the first point, there's already 10 more arguments for you to wade through. Like, you think technology would help. You think we'd moved on from David's time. But actually, the internet spreads falsehood. Television is a source for gossip. So we, we haven't really gotten better at this. I, I don't want to spend all day on that, but... I hope you understand from your own life that words can deeply hurt. Words can change a life. Words can destroy a family. Proverbs 18.21 tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. James writes much the same thing to us. He says, likewise, the tongue is it's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow, let's move on to verse th 3 and 4 in our psalm. May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Those who say, by our tongues we will prevail, our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? And so we ask for it to stop. Lord, make it stop. Silence all those lips and tongues. The ones who, who mock God, the ones who boast, the ones who flatter, make it stop, Lord. Silence all the, all the liars and the gossip. And you can see here, David is dealing with many of the same things we are. A world of people that want to rely on their own strength. They want to rely on their own lips, their own tongue. A world of people asking, who is Lord over us? I don't see any God stepping into my life. People who think they don't need to listen to God. People who think they don't need to listen to the government. People who accept no authority over their own lives. It's the same for him as it is for us. And so he asks, Lord, silence all those people. He's basically asking for justice. And we ask for justice too, because words matter. And that justice will come. Anyone who speaks falsely will have to give an account on the day of judgment. Here's what Jesus taught on the topic, uh, starting in Matthew 12, 33. 
He said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Well, that just got real. Because I love justice, as long as it's for those people out there, right? We want justice for everyone else. But what does Jesus say? By your words, you will be acquitted. By your words, you will be condemned. Jesus is talking about you. He's talking about me. I wanted to talk about the other guy over there. Look over there, Jesus. But what does Jesus say? He says, you. And here we are back in our psalm. Lord, silence all those flattering lips. And I know that includes my lips. Lord, stop all the liars. And I know that not every word I have said has been true. Lord, shut up the boasters. But I know that I have boasted, that I have gossiped. I have hurt those around me with my careless words. And I come to the Lord and I pray, God, make it stop. And then I remember the words of Isaiah when he met God. Turn with me quickly to Isaiah 6. Starting in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And that's me. That's us. We are the people of unclean lips, and we have all fallen short, because people speak lies, people speak gossip, slander, treachery, people speak boasting and flattering, people speak and they speak and they speak, but God speaks our salvation. Psalm 12, verse 5, this is what God says. Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. 
I will protect them from those who malign them. The poor and needy are groaning. That's all of us crying out to the Lord for salvation. And what does God say? He says, I will arise. You ask me for justice. You ask me to silence the lips. And I will arise because God speaks our salvation. He says, I've heard your prayer. I will give you the safety you are longing for. That safety you are panting for. And can we trust the word of, the God, of God? Can we trust the word of the Lord? Look at verse 6. The words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. That's the word of the Lord. Psalm 119 puts it a different way. Uh, Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. Because for generations of faithful men and women, the promises of the Lord have proven true again and again. The book of Hebrews tells us it is impossible for God to lie. God speaks truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when God speaks our salvation, we know that salvation is sure. Because the words of the Lord are flawless, pure like silver, purified in a crucible. But our words aren't like that. And when we consider the words of God and how pure they are, well, that's when I realize how short I've fallen. But let's move on to verse 7 and 8. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. The wicked are freely strutting about. What is vile is being honored by the human race. But David declares, you, Lord, will keep the needy safe. You will protect us forever from the wicked. Despite what's going on in the world, despite the circumstances out there, despite our own shortcomings, God still saves us. God speaks our salvation. And that can be a real head-scratcher. Because this psalm was written thousands of years ago. And people back then, they were boasting, they were lying, they were slandering and all that. But people today are still boasting and lying and slandering and all that. So what happened? Did the Lord not arise? Why isn't God doing anything about this? But the truth is that God is doing something about it. God speaks our salvation. And when God speaks, things happen, right? God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. When God speaks, things happen. And he is always speaking. John tells us, <clears throat> the beginning of John's gospel, in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word, that God speaking, that Word is Jesus Christ. And that Word, Jesus Christ, came here to save people. And His blood actually washed away our sins. 
made our past words float away like dust in the wind. It's like that, that, that Isaiah story from earlier. I'll just turn back there quickly. Sorry, I lost my, my spot. Right, so Isaiah says, I am a people, I'm a person of unclean lips, living in a people of unclean lips. But here's what happens next, chapter 6, verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And it's like that with us, too. Jesus has washed out our mouth. You know, sometimes, uh, maybe when you were a kid, if you said a naughty word, your mom comes to you, she washes out your mouth with soap. Well, it's like Jesus has done that. But with his perfect and pure blood, he has washed away all our past words. But it doesn't stop there. The story moves on for Isaiah, as it does for us. God actually gives Isaiah words to speak. He gives him words of life. And God gives us words to speak. He gives us words of life. Paul asks in a prayer in Ephesians, he says, pray for me that whenever I speak word, that whenever I speak, words will be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, why would Paul think that words would be given to him? Because that's his experience when he abides in Jesus Christ, when he's empowered by the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, Paul starts off by thanking God, for in God you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and knowledge. God is empowering Christians with good speech. Jesus promised this. He said, I will give you words and wisdom. None of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. That's Luke 21, 15. He said, do not worry when you're brought before rulers and authorities because the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. That's Luke 12. And Paul says in Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So Jesus saves us both ways. Not only does He wash away our past words, all those past slanders and gossips and deceits that we have spoken through our own mouths, through our own tongues, through our own lips, but He actually gives us Himself he gives us the word. He gives us the words of life to speak. God speaks our salvation. Romans 10.9 uh, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that, there's some words to start with. Jesus is Lord. Maybe you're sitting at home and this might be weird, especially maybe you're watching at a coffee shop or something. Well, I guess they're all closed, but you're probably sitting at home, but say it with me. Jesus is Lord. And there you go. Now you've started off 
saying truthful words, pure words, words like honeycomb that satisfy the soul and heal the body. Coming back to to Psalm 12 for a minute, this is why we affirm that you, Lord, will keep the needy safe. You will protect us forever from the wicked who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. Because we know that salvation has come. We know it has come in the word of Jesus. We know that God has spoken our salvation. And despite the circumstances, despite human sin, constantly with more and more gossip, with more and more slander, with more and more lies, we know that the truth is still with us. And we thank God for that. Just want to close with a proverb. Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And we all want that, right? We want to speak gracious words. We want to use our words to edify others, to build them up, not to tear them down. And God gives us those words. Please join me in prayer. Dear God, I thank you for the word you've given me this morning. Thank you for using my tongue for a pure deed this morning to spread the gospel message, the message that Jesus Christ washed away all our past sins, the message that he will empower us to live as better people here today, the message that at the end of day, on the day of judgment, we will stand with Jesus Christ. We will praise you forever. Like those seraphim we read about today, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for washing away all those words I spoke carelessly, God. Continue to strengthen us. Give us the wisdom and the courage to speak life to situations. Give us gracious words that people may be edified, people may be built up, people may draw closer to Jesus when we are around them. Thank you for the word. In his name we pray. Amen.